Dad, did you wash my jersey? Mom, can you sign this paper? It's for school. Is there anything else to eat? So, what's this fundraiser for? Ooh, can we stop at the library? So, when's our next Disney trip? Hey, Dad, can I ride with you? Did you record the soccer game? We are not getting a cat. The laundry is still out of control. Welcome to the Victory Catch Podcast with Rick and Julie Randa, Season 2. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victory Couch. My name is Julie Rando. And I am Rick Rando. And we're happy to be with you. Yes. As always. Yes. But especially today. On the couch. Richard David. Yes. May the force be with you. Oh. (laughs) My heart is swelling right now. I figured it was. My heart is swelling right now. I remembered. I remembered. May the 4th. Yeah. It is May the 4th. It is today. So I said, May the 4th. Force and forth be with you. How's that? <laughs> we'll take it. So how are you, Richard? I'm What's doing great. On? I'm doing great. Well, we're going to talk about it today. I know, of course. On the couch. We have some some pretty intense prop your feet ups and some pretty intense couch crumbs this week. You can feel it. I know. I, I know yes. it because mine yes. are. I know. And if you lived with me, which you do, <laughs> yours are probably pretty intense too. In fact, we may have some overlap today. I okay. have a feeling. So. Okay. Anyway, if you're new to the couch, essentially how it works is Julie brings two questions to me, couch questions. I bring two couch questions to her. We've never heard them before, and we banter, and we see what comes out, hopefully inspiring you, making you smile, maybe making you laugh, but most importantly, making you think. So, Juliana, you get to go first. Okay. First question today. Well, I had to make mine Star Wars themed today because Are you I, serious? I knew that would bring you Are great, you serious right that, now? That would bring you great joy. Okay, so, I'm sitting up. All right. Let me sit up. I don't know if we've shared this or not in the last season and a half, but I'm not so much a Star Wars fan. I'm just just not in my blood, not in my body. You know, I do have a couple shirts because when we travel to one Walt Disney World, I have to be themed correctly. Yes. And I've been to a couple Star Wars themed parties. Mm-hmm. I have. Yes. And I've thrown a Star Wars themed party for our then five year old. So you're a bigger fan than you than you should than um, you should be, I think, by never I, seeing most of the movies. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say it's not in me. I don't really get it, okay. but I know a lot of people would think that's blasphemous that I just said I don't really get it you know do you and be you we all have our thing we all have our thing we all have our thing I'm not anti Star Wars it's just not in me but for those of you who are I want you to really relish in your day and Rick is one of these people I mean he doesn't go to comic cons and things like that but he does (laughs) value the franchise so my very first question on the couch today and I've never asked you this but What's your earliest memory of Star Wars? It's a two-parter. That's my mm-hmm. first one, mm-hmm. so think on that. Mm-hmm. And in your opinion, what's the best part about the Star Wars franchise? You can mm. answer those in either order. Well, Julie, my first memory of Star Wars has to be playing with like little Star Wars figurines. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like army size. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. You know, you had Luke there. He's got the lightsaber and you got uh, Darth Vader, the bad, you know, the bad dude and Yoda, the wise little green man. Uh, <laughs> if you've never seen Star Wars, these are all foreign names to you. 
And I would highly encourage you to just do a quick Google search to get caught up to date on some of these things. Um, Star Wars is, I think, in the lexicon of Americana history. And uh, really, I mean, it's a global thing. It's not just American, but it's a global franchise that really speaks to sort of overarching themes. You have good and evil. You have evil trying to dominate and good trying to trying to break through. You have stories about families and connections. And, and then, of course, there's the force there. You know, I say that in air quotes, you know, um, this mystical thing that binds us all together. Mm-hmm. Right. So earliest uh, would have to be probably the second Star Wars movie, um, which, in case you don't know, uh, is so it's it I, starts early. I think I might know though. Is it the Empire Strikes Back? Yes, it is, and it's weird because it is technically the fifth installment of Star Wars. So see, that's where you lose me when it's like, yeah. oh well, is it the fourth chronologically and all that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. the very first movie was the deemed the fourth movie. So it was broken up into sort of thirds. So one through three was, you know. I don't want to get too deep here. One through three is, is <laughs> the first three. How about that? And, and four, five, six is, you know, like the meat. And then, of course, the, the older ones, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine, you know, that, that came. Those are the more recent ones. But it starts with episode four, and which was confusing to people saying, well, wait a minute here. How can a movie who no, who's no, one, no one has ever seen before start with number four? Well, that's just number four in the story. That means that there's, there's stuff leading up to the movie. Okay, that we'll find out later, right? So. Yeah, it's like Ariel's beginning before exactly. the Little Mermaid. There you go. Yeah. See, now we're linking <laughs> it back to things that everybody can appreciate who are not Star Wars fans. Um, but yeah, it's it's like that. It's the, the yeah, one through three are called the prequels, and then you know, of course, the like I said, the latest installment with Ray and Kylo and all that good stuff. That's Episode Seven, Eight, Nine. So anyway, it starts with four, which is a little confusing. So if you've never seen Star Wars, you really should watch it in order. Um, four, five, six, one, two, three, and then of course, seven, eight, nine. And it's really weird, but you'll get so much more out of it. You'll understand, you'll be surprised when you're supposed to be surprised, and you won't see things coming when you're not supposed to see them coming. Um, and, and, and then of course, there's you know movies in there, like Rogue One is in there, like where does that fall? And you know, of course, then you have The Mandalorian, like where does that go? And, and and Boba, that's the Boba one Fett. with Baby Yoda, right? The um, Mandalorian. It's, it's yes. Yeah. Grogu is his name. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, he's not really Yoda. I'm not offending you. He's not really Baby Yoda. Oh, but okay. I don't that's know. just what the world calls him. Well, Who, yeah. Who's not Star Wars? Right. Deep. Because okay. it's you know it kind of looks like Yoda, but yeah, he's it's so not, cute. Yeah, he's not Yoda. He's Grogu. Okay. Which I think they could have come up with a better name, honestly. Yeah, than Grogu. it sounds like yogurt. It's well, it sounds like some sort of like foot infection. Um, <laughs> That you need to take, you know, some sort of steroid for. But that but, brought a lot of like resurgence of interest, yes. right? Well, it's yeah. a cute little, it's a cute little character that has connections to older people that like Star Wars, like myself. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's a little, you know, Yoda's a little green, mm-hmm. and then you have the baby version of that, which is, and he's cooing and with the big eyes and just looking at you inquisitively as much as a little puppet can. So it's it's cute. Anyway, What's, okay. Um, the the heart of it. So your earliest yes. memory is playing with a figurine. So you would have yes. like gone to the movies to see. I I don't remember going to the movies. Okay. 
you know, that that was probably I was too little for that. Okay. Um yeah. to really even understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. But I had all the characters, you know what I mean? Like Got it. Yeah. They're know, popular. Like, yeah. Hey, everybody likes Luke Skywalker, so Yeah, it's like okay, your sixth birthday and five somebody year old, brings you a play figure. With, yeah, play with Luke Skywalker. But I remember that. And um yeah, the lightsaber and stuff. And I think when I got into martial arts, I was really drawn to the bow staff and the mm-hmm. katana because these are weapons that, you know, are, are used in uh, the Star Wars, um, you know, genre. So what yeah. would make uh, this is like a different way of asking, like, w- what makes the franchise so great or like, what do you love best about it for someone who's not ever seen Star Wars? What would you tell them is a reason they should at least give it a shot? Well, you want to be um, knowledgeable in uh, just standard everyday conversation around Star Wars. You still haven't won me over with that. <laughs> okay, <Manga>. all right. <laughs> so um, it, it's tough because the movies were made in the late 70s, early 80s. And mm-hmm. when you watch them now, you're like, oh, well, that's kind of cheesy. Or who talks like that? Or that character is so stiff. Or But back then you see a spaceship going across the movie theater in the middle of, of space, literally, and it looks like a spaceship going across mm-hmm. space. Like, how did they get a camera up there? How did they get, how did they do that? I think it blew a lot of people away, especially yeah. when the, with the opening shot and it's in space and you got this giant Star Destroyer going across the, the movie screen. It's, it was like, what is this? And how did you do that? And how does it look so real? They were remastered then, I believe in the 90s, uh, late 90s, right before the um, the prequels came out. And George Lucas, who created the, the franchise, he went back and he used modern technology to enhance the films. Mm-hmm. And man, they looked even better. Uh, added a couple scenes, you know, with CGI and stuff like that that looked pretty neat. Which, again, there's, I mean, there's a whole... Uh, another level of fandom that would argue that that was sacrilegious to to mess with the originals mm. um and they debate the scenes and who shot first you know what i mean if you're a big star wars fan um so uh yeah i i would say that one it would be good to be knowledgeable about what the star wars realm is uh but two you know find somebody that's a big fan and make their day <laughs> because that will just You've never seen Star Wars. Oh, we got to watch it. We got to watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then let them sort of geek out like I am kind of a little bit. Um, but then the other thing is you could also do it like a trade. You could be like, okay, if you do I'll the, watch Star uh-huh. Wars if you watch whatever your down, thing down is. to Nabby or whatever, right? Or whatever your thing is. Yeah, which isn't mine. But I, I yeah. wouldn't say that, that would was be a, a fair example, trade. Though. I wouldn't say that would be a fair trade, by the way. But uh, anyway, I'm just saying like. Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's, I mean, I don't dress up and know all the blasters and guns and all that stuff. I'm not quite to that level, but I can appreciate a good Star Wars movie. In fact, when they did episode seven, eight, and nine, I saw it on the first day, the first showing. I was one of those people because I'm like, this is cool. I want to, I want to take it in. Yeah. As not being a big Star Wars fan, I will say I appreciate how passionate people get about it. Like, it's like, like it's, it's big deal you know and i anyone who can be like a big fan of something like that's that's good it unites people and for me personally my favorite part of like star wars is that it introduced our family to um patio lightsaber battles (laughs) yes which we haven't done in a long time might be time to break so i think this summer could be we we bring dylan into it when she because she was super little when we did those before um, but we each had like our own colored lightsaber and, you know, we'd do it when it started to get dark and 
Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, that is fun. So there has been joy that has been brought from one Star Wars. So yeah, all of you fans and even non-fans, enjoy your. May the fourth be with you. Yeah, force. Enjoy it. May the force fourth. Yeah, be with you and all that. So Rick, what, <laughs> what do you have for me? I, I'm glad that brought you joy today. Yeah, I'm still smiling. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, <sighs> you 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 kind of alluded to this actually when you talked about the patio lightsabers, but okay. um. You are very good at being present, mm. okay? Like in the moment, like let's take this in. Everybody, just take a second. Let's breathe it in. Let's let's yeah. let's enjoy this thing, whatever it is. You're very good at that, and you remind us all to just slow down a little bit. So, what are some tips that you could maybe give the modern family, specifically moms and dads that are super busy, um, to be a little more present uh, in the moment, especially um, as our kids get older? Okay. The very first thing that comes to mind is something that is not a surprise to listeners. Put your phone away and lead by example in that. So I try my very best. I'll give you an example. Actually, this morning, um, you know, our son's getting up and getting ready for school and all of that. And I had to check something on my phone and he doesn't have a phone. And my brain went to, I don't want the first image he has of me, me looking down at my phone over the day. You know, I'm not present. I'm not present. Even if I'm checking a work email to make sure that something got responded to, you know, that's, that's a lead by example. So I say that as a precursor, like set it up so that you model a behavior that you would want your kids to model themselves. Right. That's good. Yeah. So when our kids are old enough to have their phone, which I'm sure we're pretty close to that. Lawson, there's nothing coming soon, I promise. Like, not next week. But, um, yeah, you know, I think that's really important. And it's so hard in, you know, the day and, and year that we're living in, in 2023, to be super mindful of that because it's such an attachment. So the first thing that comes to mind as a, you know, tip or whatever is model the behavior you want before you're in a situation so, you know, if, and in your brain, you're probably thinking like, okay, when the four of us are together, what's a way to be most present? Well, you have to have lived that before, you know, in the moments of like, okay, I want this to be, does that make sense? Like yeah. I want to model. Yeah, I understand that. I want to model, you know, what the sacred moments look like. And in order to get to that, you have to drink in the little moments, right? You have yeah. to drink in the one-on-ones. You have to drink in the like you know, prepping school lunches and hey, great, don't forget to grab an ice pack. And you can't be present in those little teeny moments if you're staring at a screen and your brain's or you're on a phone call and your brain's taken somewhere else. Yeah. Right. So I think being super mindful and I'm not perfect at it, but I do think I'm crafted maybe more than most. Um, I humbly say that it's just really important to me. I think that there has to be a driving force and every family unit and in ours I do I guess take the lead on on that type of thing um probably because I'm maybe juggling a little less as far as like the business world and things that do interrupt your day um slightly more than mine so yeah I think that's important and then when you get to the moment where you're with your family whether it be at your dining room table or you know, you're doing casual meal in front of the TV and you're all sitting down to watch like a Food Network show or Survivor, whatever your it thing is. Like, stop 
And for our family, it's like, all right, hey guys, who's going to lead prayer tonight? You know, yeah. it's like just setting rhythms and setting up that expectation. And let's say you're outside and you're all about to have a bonfire, like think in your head, okay, what could be something that we all talk about today? Or, you know, hey, Dylan, um, you know, I'm going to tell you what, how about you and I go collect some sticks? And in your brain, you're like, okay, that's just an action, but you're building in a memory. You know, you're mm, building in yeah. a moment. Like, hey, remember when we used to do family bonfire? Dad and I were always the one who got the sticks together. Yeah. You know, or whatever it is. So being very intentional about rhythms and practices and it could be so, so small, but the number one tip to bring it all together is to be mindful to build your moments and in the little moments leading up to the opportunities where you're with your family core, whatever that might be, um, be intentional, right? Be intentional, yeah. be mindful and practice what you preach. I mean, that's one of the most convicting things for, for parents is practice what you preach. If you tell your kid, well, you've been on that device for a long time. We have you too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So phones don't lie. They keep track of everything. So if you see your tracker and you're like, Oh my gosh, I am on my phone a lot or whatever it is to, I just default to technology. Cause I think that's what sucks out so much of us. Um, just a quick side note. If you're ever at carpool, friends who who are raising children if like us who are still running to carpool and things like that i started something that i think is really really helpful i know rick's gotten used to using uh, he shared recently like the bible app on his phone or something that you're reading for me if it's my phone i'm really drawn to go to anything else instagram or check my gmail or whatever um so i have gotten in the practice of bringing two books to carpool and I slide them under my seat. And when carpool happens and I have five minutes, I bring that book out. So it's creating practices that build to those moments. And well, that's the other a long thing, way of answering in, it. In, in that case, the other thing is that our kids see you reading, mm-hmm. which for a teenager, by the way, mm-hmm. if you don't have teens yet, that's something that has to be encouraged and modeled all the time. Right. Because in most cases, most cases, Kids don't want to read. Yeah, and they don't, they don't want to read. Often see an adult reading a book. A book, yeah, Not a right book's now. tough, yeah, because they see. I mean, you, you could potentially read, you know, your Kindle or uh, something on your um, phone mm-hmm. that is a book. Even the Bible, the Bible app, you know. Right. I'm still, but I'm still looking at my phone. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they don't know what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're looking at the. What are you looking at? You know. And uh, in this world right now, that's that's where we all are. I read somewhere the that the average teenager spends forty nine hours a week in front of an electronic oh, device. I easily now this was pre COVID, by okay. the way. That stat was pre COVID. Mm. So who knows what it is now, post COVID, where I mean, our kids go to school with computers, right? The Chromebooks. So what is yeah. it now? It's got to be even more. Um, so yeah, I think that you're extremely good at that, and. You are also the photographer. Okay, let's take a picture. And we're all like, oh, no, picture. <laughs> Why the picture? Because one day we're going to want to see what we did That's today. Right. You know, I think uh, we all need to be reminded that it's going fast. It's going snowball fast is what I call it, you know, where we're, we're, it's going quicker and quicker and quicker. Right. So if you don't just stop, you know, it's, you know, not good. Yep. I read this quote the other day, um, and it really stuck out to me. And I actually shared this with you last night. It says, like this, if the devil can't make you sin, 
he's going to make you busy. Yeah. Yeah. You and do. man, that just hit me right in the gut. Like he's going to make you so busy that you forget what's important. Mm-hmm. That you've got to do this and this and this and this. And look, I am the number one, you know, <laughs> guilty person of being busy. Um, you know, especially, you know, here in, in the last couple of years, it's like, oh, it's about, I got goals. I got to be driven. I got to be this, 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 and all of that. Yes, you need some of that. Of course, you need a lot of that. But, you know, at what cost? You know, at what cost? I, we watched the movie Click with Adam Sandler mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. If you've never seen that movie, it's it's a great movie. And uh, bring tissues if you have a soul because it's it is uh, it's it's a tearjerker. And it's like this guy wants to be so driven, and you know he just fast forwards his life, and then he's at the end. He's like, I should have done more. I should have been there. We should have had more sleepovers and more treehouse time and more this and more that. And it's like, well, it's too late. You can't can't rewind. Yeah. Perspective, right? perspective so anyway good answer julie thank you for giving us that insight thank you for allowing us to be more present on the couch all right so my second question on the couch today is one that i have never ever ever discussed with you wow but i personally have thought about it and it deals with where we planted our roots and where we live so we live, as we've shared before, in the mountains of Maryland, in the western side of Maryland. Yes. Close to where Rick grew up. Those of you who have been listening for a while know that I grew up closer to the D.C., Baltimore metropolitan area. I grew up south of Annapolis, Maryland. More of a Bay culture vibe. And my question to you today is, if we had planted our roots closer to my hometown, Instead of closer to your hometown, how do you think our life would be different? Wow. Okay. Well, there would certainly be more restaurants to try. <laughs> I think we would be regulars at Olive Garden and Chipotle. <laughs> All the chain restaurants, Rick, Rick's favorite. <sighs> well, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Olive Garden. So um, that's a great question. Have um, you ever like stopped and thought about that? No, I really haven't. Okay, so, so you're hitting me out of left hard. field. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think we would be more cultured uh, because I think living closer to um, a bigger city, you'd have more opportunities to see the Russian ballet and the new uh, art, art exhibit and things like that. Living closer to yeah. uh, the city, I think you'd have more opportunities to participate in more more cultured events and activities. Um, I think, oh, yeah, geez. this is hard for you. Let's start with careers. What do you think I would have done? And what do you think you would have done living closer to like the DC area? You'd be some sort of ad executive, okay. you know, some sort of like heavyweight into marketing. And I don't know. I think I would probably s- still be a martial artist in mm-hmm. some capacity. I mean, right. But buying land and building a building in, you know, an urban area is certainly different. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess I would be following my passions. I would I would hope so. I wouldn't lose myself just because of where you were living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our kids probably would still be playing some of the same sports. Uh, I know Lawson would be at a soccer, an indoor soccer field probably every day because I know that they exist in bigger complexes. I would be at a top golf at least once every couple of weeks because that place is cool. Yeah, I think our daughter would be probably at a performing arts school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if she had the opportunity, because I know that's what she would love to do. 
like for her day school yeah, even yeah. like her day school yeah like she would just want to go and yeah. hang out and act and write and you know mm-hmm. sing and yeah, play instruments and yeah yeah almost so, begged us for yeah. that but i told her we can't just uproot and move sorry yeah Not i think yet. my mom would be very sad so mm-hmm. she would come and visit and she would cry every time she would leave similarly to how your mom mm-hmm. cries every time she mm-hmm. leaves but yeah that's i mean I don't think we would be too different of people as far as like character and values are concerned, but I think we would be more um, open to new things because we will, would have experienced new things, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. What yeah. about you? What do you think we're doing? Oh, I have a whole list of things. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> You've blue skied this many times. I, right? I've thought of this before. I mean, there's pros and cons to where you put down your roots. It's just true. There's There's pros and cons and... For me, you know, it all goes back to like, what do I miss the most? I I miss being close to the water, which is like a really simple thing. But geographically, living in the mountains and growing up closer to the water, it, it just feels very, very different. When we go further west, I feel almost claustrophobic. I've told you that word before because you feel like you're in between mountains and like you can't see and it feels like the water is far, far away. And that's just... I don't know. It's a part of me. So I would, I have on there, be on the boat more. Um, You know, maybe we would have our own boat at some point. That would have been cool. What should we call our boat? Uh, The victory boat? I don't know. The victory boat. (laughs) Hey, that's cool. I don't know. Something cool like that. Um, Actually, believe it or not, the first thing on my list of if our lives were rooted near my hometown versus, you know, close to yours, how would life be different? My very first thing was we would get used to more traffic. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, how did I miss that? (laughs) Yeah. The 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 funny thing is I tell friends from back home, I'm like, the only time I really experienced traffic in Western Maryland is when um, the schools let out and and you're like stuck behind a line of buses on the main like strip here. So, yeah, that's kind of funny. So more traffic. When I was first applying for jobs, you might remember this. I applied for some newspaper jobs. In the Annapolis area, I happened to get a job offer at my alma mater, which is what kept me here. And, of course, my amazing boyfriend, who I was deeply in love with. But um, Madly in madly. love with. And here's something that's interesting. Had I taken a job at a newspaper in the year 2004, I wrote down I probably would have turned over jobs multiple times because of what happened and has continued to happen in the print publications world yeah. over the last 20 years. So. Um, I wrote possibly worked at a newspaper or I also put advertising agency, which would have aligned with my major. Um, and I put would have likely switched jobs more. I just feel like that would have been the truth based on the industry. I was strongly considering because higher ed, anyone who goes into the world of higher education, there's no major in that. We all landed there, you know, Hmm. um, but yeah, so I think I would have switched over jobs more had we rooted our, our lives closer to my hometown just because of what I was pursuing. Um, I think our kids' relationships with their grandparents would be different. And you alluded to that a little bit. But, you know, they have currently like out-of-town grandmama pop and then they have your mom who's in town. And, you know, I think there's probably pros and cons to their connections and relationships like seeing the day-to-day but then the out-of-town grandparents they have like consecutive days where they have kind of a more condensed dose of their grandkids you know what I mean by that yes so I think 
our kids would have different relationships slightly with their grandparents and vice versa. So there's that. Rick knows I have a huge extended family. So on my notes, I definitely put more extended family functions. <laughs> we would have more been... More name tags yeah, for Rick. cousins I haven't met yet. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, on this side of this the state, our kids have about an hour and a half away westbound Rick's extended family and their second cousins, their yes. closest second cousins. And they they know them, un, you know, enough. They They've been to their birthday parties and things like that. Our kids also have multiply that number times probably three or four the amount of second cousins on my side of the family and they've never been to a birthday party for any of those children you know so it's um they would have been to a lot more functions I think they would have had closer relationships with my first cousins and their kids and things like that they would have been by their great-grandparents house more so it would have been very deep into the extended family had we grown up or had we had we raised our kids in um, in or around the area I grew up in, um, we would have spent much more money because it costs more to live there. And um, we would have spent a lot of time at the shopping mall because that was something I loved to do <laughs> as a kid. Um, um, right next to the Olive Garden. <laughs> so funny. You'd pass to. Yeah. You from my. I wouldn't say like if we rooted it, I'm not saying exactly in my hometown, it wouldn't have to be right there. But, you know, we live about 15 minutes from where you grew up. So I'd say the same kind of thing, 15 minutes roughly from there. So that could be, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes outside of D.C. and 15 minutes outside of Annapolis, basically. So our trips to the airport would be a lot faster. A lot shorter, a lot shorter. Yeah. So I think life would be super different for you. To be honest, Rick, I couldn't in my brain picture what your life would be like um, career wise. I really struggled with that. I could picture where I would be because it's a very unique situation being in, and I didn't grow up in the city. Let's just be clear on that. Um, But definitely more, um, more suburbanized than rural Western Maryland. So yeah, I, I really struggled with that though, babe. It was like, Hmm. Gosh, would Rick have built a karate studio? And my brain was like, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, probably not. I think, you know, maybe you would have found a property. But even then, if you think about like when we were first together and first married, you were already established as a martial artist. You know, um, maybe I would flip houses or something. I don't know. I really be a so, carpenter. Like I said, it's a good question. It's like, what would our lives have been like? 20 you know or how long have we been married almost 17 years how it would have been different and our kids lives would be different and I a thousand percent agree Dylan would be at a K through 12 performing arts conservatory in Mm. some capacity living her best life in that world I am thankful for the opportunity we do have in small rural Maryland for her to have had the experience she has and um you know, traveled to Atlanta and been around Broadway professionals. Oh, yeah. All the cool stuff. Thanks, MCCA. But yeah, it's just, it's something to think about, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've had you pondering. Now your brain's like exploding over there. You You're know like, what I'm what thinking? What would it be I like? just want to go back to the question I asked you earlier. Mm. I figured it out. Okay. Our boat could be the victory vessel. Uh, How about that? I like the alliteration. That's the victory good. vessel. That's good. Boom. Okay. Done. You know, hun. We are not 
firmly planted here for the rest of our lives here on earth. So there is still a future in which we could live closer to the water. You know, this is a dream of mine. I, 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 yeah, you know, I've told you before. I know this. I, I want to have the opportunity. If God blesses us with grandkids, I want to raise them and teach them how to crab and chicken egg off a pier and all these things that are part of my culture. And one day that would be really cool for that to happen. And you can have your boat and I'll buy you a captain's hat (laughs) and it'll say, you call me Cappy. Cappy. I'll call you a Cappy. Oh, (laughs) friend shout out. Friends reference. Always a friend's reference. But yeah. All right. Sorry, guys. We were just kind of going off on that one. That was, Julie's it's something smiling to right now. She, yeah. She goes, get me out of the <laughs> mountains. I want to be, be I have where put my in, people are. I do. I do. <laughs> but you know what? I have met amazing friends on this side of the state. So I'm not hating on it at all. I would, That's right. ha- I would not have met you had I not gone exactly. to the school in the mountains. So. Exactly. Let's talk about that for yes. a second. But it is okay. something to think about, isn't it? It is. And you know what the crazy thing is? That, again... We don't know what we're going to ask each other, okay? So this question of potentially living in a smaller community lends itself to my second question. Okay, okay, right. right? So my dad, his one of his famous sayings, famous quotes Mm -hmm. is, "I have a guy for that." Okay. So (laughs) if there's a problem, I have a guy for that. Mm -hmm. If the if the there's a leak, I have a guy for that. If we need a tree taken out, I have a guy for that. He would always say, I have a guy for that. And I'm saying that in quotes, okay, because the guy wasn't always a guy. It could have been a female or it could be a coworker or, you know, whoever. But when he would just say, I have a guy for that. Right. So this is my question for you mm-hmm. um, based on based on that. Okay. Okay. Because we all have, quote unquote, people for specific tasks. If you run a business or run a building or have maintenance on anything, mm-hmm. you have to have a person that helps you with the daily activity okay i have a top-notch plumber i have a top-notch hvac guy i have a top-notch electrician um your accountant your lawyer you know you have all of these people that are in your your circle we've talked about this before a long long time ago but this is my question for you uh so what constitutes um having a quote-unquote guy for that okay in your life somebody that is your go-to and I know that you don't have a building and I know that you don't necessarily have employees and things like that, like that work specifically for you, for, you for, yeah. for your photography or something like that or your side projects. So what constitutes that person that you can go to? And then my sort of my second question is, who is your who is your go to mm-hmm. on some of these things? Mm-hmm. OK, I will tell you the first person that came to my brain was my hairstylist. Mm-hmm. Does that count? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've been with the same hairstylist for 20 years-ish, somewhere wow. in there. Wow. I'd say right about that. What year are we in, 23? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, right, no joke, probably right at 20 years. Wow. And uh, what makes that particular person my go-to? She's been so awesome. One, I trust people. I'm a loyalist. Um, if they show me that they're trustworthy, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm watching, you know, as an observer, I'm paying attention to every detail. So, you know, do their actions match how they are in front of me when they're not all those things. It's like a go-to person of any type of thing. I also think of childcare. So like from my lens, like my top two things I went to were like my personal hairstylist and whom we've had for childcare. 
Like those are my top things. And what would make them a go-to is they're very like subtle in their leadership, I would say. I think all of your go-tos have some type of leadership skills. Yeah. And being subtle and kind of a, I hate to say like flying under the radar, but I don't want someone who's like flashy and, you know, yeah, I'm the best at this or I like, yeah, if you have to act that way, chances are you're just self-promoting and there's lack of substance. So it's the same way that I would choose a friend, I guess you could say. They have to show that they're authentically themselves, that they don't have anything to hide, that they're trustworthy, that the work that they do speaks for itself. So for the two examples I gave, childcare and, and hair care, both super important in my world, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're, their style, the way that they take care of you, the way that they treat you. I mean, my hairstylist is a friend of mine now. You know, it grew from, yeah, it's just, you know, I'd be like, yeah, yeah my hairstylist is, is a friend of mine. She does a great job. She's thorough. She's fair. She's kind. Um, she keeps up on her practice, you know, like she knows what's the latest thing and, and what, what would Julie like? I mean, she knows I'm low key. So she's not like, hey, how about you try this? She knows I like what I like and I'm simplistic and please don't spend 20 minutes blow drying my hair because I need to get on with life and get out there. So um, just looking for someone who honors you for who you are, who brings their gifts, who isn't, um, like I said, isn't self-promoting. You're just drawn to a, a go-to because of how they carry themselves and what their end result is, whether it would be how they care for your people in the role of a child care provider. Um, you know, trustworthiness is huge for us. So, you know, like in the role of a child care provider, they're going to see our mound of laundry and they're going to see, you know, whatever it is, you know, the dust that's sitting on the shelves. And, you know, you don't want someone being like, oh, man, the randos, they just they never get there. Well, of course, we're sharing about it on the podcast. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just want to trust that person that they they know, hey, I'm here to to help and, and to pour in and to be blessed by this family and for me to bless this family. And like, we're all copacetic, like we're all on the same page. We all get along. Um, I don't know if that helps. I'm just kind of yeah, speaking out. I think, I think that's me. good. I mean, you, you said a, a couple things, obviously character, yeah. um, how they conduct themselves privately, um, is just as important as, you know, publicly. And then their reliability, like, is this person going to show up when they say they're going to show up and do the job that they're supposed to do in an excellent way. Um, and you know what, that might actually cost you more. I know that some of the people that I use at the studio, they're not the cheapest person mm -hmm. in town, but when I call them, they pick up the phone right? and they're there when they're supposed to be there. And when they say they're going to be there. And to me, that's worth it. It's worth paying a little bit more or sometimes a lot more to have the person that is the master at their craft that they've spent their whole life. My plumber's been a plumber for darn near 40 years. Mm. He's amazing. He, he can look at something and say, it's this. Think about your people, reward your people, be thankful and grateful that you have people. And you know what? If they do a good job, 
you know, slip them a little extra because they will appreciate that. Okay. Even if it's just cookies or little snacks or, Hey, you know, when there's, we have people working outside, uh, uh, in, in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. if I see them and they're, it's a hot day, we'll always take them out popsicles snacks or popsicles. Or, yeah. And if they don't even have to be, you know, doing our, our yard work or whatever, you know, if mm-hmm. they're out there working on something, we always take them popsicles. Yeah. Always, always, always. Yeah. It's a little thing. Take care of people. Take care of people. That's people, right. We all need to take and care definitely of take people. care of your people. Right. All right. It's time for the couch crumb. Is your couch crumb the same as my couch crumb? No. Oh, there's no way. It's the same one. Okay. All right. You get to go first. Go ahead. My couch crumb of the week is a throwback to the food allergy episode a couple weeks ago. I still have not made the lemon meringue pie. You haven't made it? Yeah. It's kind of like an admission. I was supposed to make it like two weeks ago. It just hasn't happened. We've had kids gotten sick in between. Wait, wait, don't like steal that. my couch crumb. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I haven't had, I, I, I guess I would have had the chance. I used my time differently. Yes, that's it. And yeah. And I, there's nothing I, wrong with that. I still want to make a lemon meringue pie for or with Lawson. So that's my couch crumb today. Okay, but you'll get it. You'll yeah, get there. We'll you'll get there. get there. We'll get there. So mine is, is a little unique because it just happened last night and... It was not on my radar as my couch crumb until I saw it happening in real time. So our daughter is playing a team sport. She's mm-hmm. playing softball. And for the first two games, it has rained and it has been cold and miserable. And watching our daughter play right field because she's still learning. And she was not happy out there last night. She was miserable. <sighs> She was shaking and she just was upset and nothing's happening. I mean, no balls are being hit to the outfield. Um, and it's freezing cold. And she just and she doesn't have a coat. She on. just didn't want to be there. <laughs> she was like, "I'm good. I'm I'm just done." And you know, yeah. being able to not help her at that moment, you know, was a little hard. Yeah. But also, I mean, it, I mean, it, look, this is part of it. She wanted to play, and we did the pros and cons at the beginning of the season. And this was one of the things that, you know, we really didn't anticipate that these games are going to be freezing cold and it's going to be rainy. I mean, I was cold. I had three blankets on. I'm sitting on a blanket. I had five I'm, layers. on. Last <laughs> I was cold. Five layers and, and a blanket. And it was just kind of like, they got to be cold out yeah. there. So I just felt eight. bad. She's eight years old. Yeah. I felt bad. It was hard. It was hard. Yeah. And she's not into it either. Like that's the thing. Like yeah. she's, She's trying something new. She's trying something new. Yeah. But she's just not, it's not her thing. And I think, you know, I don't know, the one way we can help her is just to be like, okay, well, moving forward, let's remember our experience. Do we want to play again? And if she does, we'll dress warmer and maybe put some little little heating things in her pockets so she can, <laughs> but there's no pockets on those I mean, she uniforms. had layers on too, as best as she could. Yeah. She even had a sweatshirt on under her jersey. Yeah. yeah, she was a little miserable. So it was hard yeah. as a dad to watch that. And, yeah. you Under know, her little all, face mask. Yeah. Yeah. She Aww. just did not want to be there. I don't blame the girl. <laughs> I'd be like, can I have a warm hot chocolate and bring me inside? Yes. Well, that was my couch crumb. I'm going to do um, my prop next. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Fine. So over the weekend, our son tested for third degree junior black belt. He did. And he killed it. And I'm And I'm going to call this test the three B's. Okay. Okay. He did a bow staff kata that was awesome. Musical kata. Yeah. It was fantastic. He broke his boards like a champ. He did. And at the end, we did hibachi brown rice 
with, ladies and gentlemen, the eggs. That's right. My favorite quote from that meal is, bring on the eggs. And because of the food allergies, he and the dissipation of the egg allergy, we could put egg in the fried rice. And he he loves the hibachi place. (laughs) We take him... And bring on the eggs. And that guy put three, three eggs. eggs. They usually three do eggs. Two. Yeah. And he was like, he was putting, the, giving big chunks of eggs a loss. And he was, and he tried scrambled eggs. He didn't like them. I guess it texture. was a texture thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did like them in the rice. Yeah. So three B's, bow staff, boards, brown rice. brown rice. All right. You ready for my prop your feet up? I am. Well, I know you're prop your feet yes. up. Yes. It, it, you know, it's funny how God works, Rick, because. Sitting on the couch last week recording, I challenged everyone to help us out with reviews. Do you remember that? Yes. And I said, you know, I'm not just going to like ask for something that I don't follow up with because let's face it, there's all podcasts that we listen to that, you know, oh yeah, I've been meaning to review and I haven't. And I literally took that day and I went over to the little Victor couch to the, to the, uh, love seat over there. And I sat down as I shared with all of our friends listening, I was going to do two reviews. I did one for the Snack Show podcast, and I did one for another podcast that I really enjoy called Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. So, you know, that was just last week. A couple days after that, I get an email back from uh, one Eddie Koffeltz that I wrote back in February. Just feedback about his podcast, because on Doing the Best We Can, he had shared there was a form out there for listeners to, you know, just kind of give feedback on the podcast or, um, you know, if you're working on a project, he likes to lift voices of fellow creatives and whether you're a writer or, you know, uh, an artist or a musician or a podcaster or whatever it might be, a place to say, hey, here's what I'm working on and would love to share that with you. So I took the time a couple of months ago and I wanted to, of course, tell him like, hey, you've been in my life for years now. And, you know, I was exposed to you through listening to the um, they were called year in review episodes on That Sounds Fun with Annie F. Downs and, you know, how much I enjoyed that. And then I listened all through the pandemic on the podcast they had together, um, which was a blast. It was called Annie and Eddie Keep Talking. And so anyhow, I'm giving the feedback and said like, hey, you know, I I went to a live recording of That Sounds Fun and you happened to be on that day and I slipped Annie a gift to give you. I was the one who gave the crab chips if that helps jog your memory and you know, whatever. And just shared how much I've enjoyed listening to doing the best we can and really how awesome it is because, you know, he puts out a newsletter which is tied to the podcast. And if you you haven't listened, it's in the show notes. Go ahead and, and give a listen to doing the best we can. It's you're going to get a lot from it. And it's one that makes you think for sure. And the fact that it's tied to an essay, I very much enjoy because there are some things in the newsletter you'll get that you won't fully get in the podcast. So it's just a nice kind of marriage of the two um, creative outlets. But anyhow, I get this email and Rick was coming home from work and like, I'm like, I want to get the kids down. And then I want to eventually tell Rick like, this is so cool. But Eddie took the time to write back and he was like, hey, um, you know, basically, thanks for for all the kind things you had to say about, you know, the work I do and I appreciate it. And and also, um, I'd love to share your podcast that you and your husband do on doing the best we can. And he has a little segment called You Do You. And my prop your feet up this week is that the Victory Couch 
is going to be featured on the You Do You portion of Doing the Best We Can podcast with Eddie Koffeltz, which made me super thrilled. Like I, that, what an honor, you know, that's really tremendous. It just, I was so, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And week of all weeks, this is why I say it's also interesting that, that God works in this way. One, because I had just said, I'm going to review the podcast. And then a couple of days later, I get an email from the creator of the podcast. Um, just super nice guy, you know, Nats fan too. So, I mean, it's all good, you know, and recently relocated from Florida to the, to the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. So this is just awesome. But he recently joined the, that sounds fun network. So it's cool. Like he's has all these great things he's celebrating. It's such great things happening, um, you know, for his creative work and for him to take the time to acknowledge what we do yeah. and to say, Hey, you know, I, I really like what you guys are doing and I want to put a spotlight on that and let more people learn about what it is that you do. So I, of course that, that jumped to the top of my, uh, my proper feed ups this week. So I'm just super honored and humbled and thankful that, we might have some new friends out there listening to us today. So if you've joined us because you've listened to Eddie Koffeltz from Doing the Best We Can on the That Sounds Fun Network, we are super grateful to have you um, on the Victory Couch with us today. So if this is your first Victory Couch episode, thank you for joining us. And um, we are all one because I am a avid listener of many podcasts that are on the That Sounds Fun Network. So thank you guys. And Eddie, thanks so much. That's pretty amazing. Like when things are happening to you in your professional world to be able to uplift someone else, that is a true, a true statement of your character. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not just, Hey, look at me. Look Mm -hmm. what I did. It's like, Hey, look what we did or look what, don't forget about this person or don't forget about that person too. Yeah. So yeah. So Eddie, you're one of our people now. Yeah. It's cool. Pretty cool stuff. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good stuff. So that's about it for the week. If um, if anything we've said today has kind of hit you in a certain way, whether you want to be more present in situations with your family. Um, or if you want to watch Star if Wars. If you want to watch Star Wars. I mean, go for it, guys. This could be your Benjathon weekend. You could give it a try. <laughs> and I guess watch in the order in which Rick said is the best way to watch. Um, so, guys, there's so many ways that we can pour into each other and we can celebrate victories. I was very glad um to watch i'm just going to throw this out there one of our listeners who actually tested for her adult black belt who is in our age bracket that was such a victory to watch this week for her she's awesome so shout out out there to uh to our friend jamie and watching her test was just inspiring and beautiful and as i told her what a victory go celebrate your victory so guys celebrate your victories out there include those in your circle lift up those around you and We need to keep doing this because, guys, this is important. Being an encouragement to others is important. Being inspiring and, um, yeah, just use the gifts that God gave you. And uh, let's all just continue to lift each other up. And until the next week, we are very thankful for you. Go out there and do something kind for someone else today and be a light. Thanks for squishing in, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. We are Rick and Julie Rando, and you've been listening to the Victory Couch podcast. You can follow the Victory Couch on Instagram, Facebook, and thevictorycouch.com. Count your lessons, your blessings, and your victories. We'll save a seat for you right here next time on the Victory Couch.